Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome. We are so glad to have you join our conversation today. Dr. Virginia, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you, Dr. Val? Oh, I'm still in the middle of all of the insanity. (laughs) We are are still doing orthopedic visits and our kitchen's being remodeled even as we speak. And we just have (laughs) a million things happening all at one time. So total and complete chaos is typically on brand for us around our home. So so it's following quite quite the norm around here, but we are doing, doing well. Are the kids enjoying school? Is all of that going well? They are. They are. So there's our school year's going good. Um, yeah, just gearing up for the fall season, which we're about to dive into. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and that works very well for our topic <laughs> today, actually. Um, we are wanting to, to spend a little bit of time talking about fall events that you might have at your church. And I I know that we are really late on this topic because if you're going to be having a fall event, you probably <laughs> already started planning it. We just wanted to give you a little bit of insight into why we like them and why we do them and to sort of give you some suggestions of things that you might can think about as you are planning or if you're thinking about having one next year. So Dr. Virginia, have you done fall events in the past? Oh, yes, absolutely. I've done trunk or treats and fall festivals and <laughs> bonfires, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I have to, I like VBS fall events bring, it it brings the entire church together and everybody gets so excited about them and people that won't normally commit to doing anything in our children's ministry throughout the year will commit to being part of some type of a fall event. And quite honestly, usually our fall events are really the second largest draw for people to come onto our campus, second only to vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. whenever we have done them in the past. And so for me, they were always one of those events that I wanted to make sure that we included in our calendar year. And then it mm-hmm. became just a focal point for our church to be mm-hmm. able to outreach to the neighborhood, to our community, into our church families. And mm-hmm. so what were some of the reasons why you decided to do a fall event? Oh yeah. Just the ones, the ones that you're saying, just the outreach. I mean, some of the churches I've been at, um, it's bigger than VBS. Um, Mm -hmm. We reach more people than we do at VBS. Um, And and one thing that I was kind of reflecting on too, is just over the years at all the different size churches I've been at, no matter what size church you're at, VBS, your fall festival, your trunk retreat, whatever you want to call it. Those are two events where it's like, it's all hands on deck. I know you kind of already touched on this, but it's sort of like, I just think, man, it, like, it doesn't matter what size your church is. Like you are always going to be looking 
for more people to, you know, man the hot dog station or operate the popcorn <laughs> machine or Definitely. direct traffic for the trunks. And it's just like, it's just one of those events where it doesn't matter what size your church is or what size your event is. It's like, it's an all hands on deck. Everybody's involved. Everyone's doing something kind of event. Um, well, again, it's one of those things <laughs> that you need a wide variety of talents yes. and gifts. Yes. And so even if you are a church member and you do not feel comfortable working with children, you don't feel comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, teaching the Bible lesson, you don't feel comfortable making that commitment for every week. The fall events are something where everybody can use their gifts, whether it's mm -hmm. to decorate or to make treats or to make cotton mm. candy or to run a face <laughs> painting booth or, yes. you know, there's, there's something for everyone. And so it gives the entire church the opportunity to use every gift that's available. Yes. You, know, you need somebody to do music and to provide entertainment. Yes. And so there's just, <laughs> there are all of these things that you have to have to put one of the event, one of these events into motion. And mm -hmm. so it gives the whole church an opportunity to really be a to part work of together. It. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times I would find people in the church during that time while we were working mm -hmm. on our event, Yes. to work in the children's ministry for the rest of the year. Like I would find mm -hmm. people that were, they love doing games. So that we would bring right. them in to do games or activities or they yes. enjoyed doing, you know, just little different things. And so we made sure that they became part of the children's ministry doing, you know, things throughout the year as well. And so it's, it kind of gives you that opportunity to cultivate some volunteers that you might not find otherwise. Over the years, there's been different types of events that I have done in the fall, according to the community that I've been a part of. So I haven't always just done trunk or treat event on a Halloween night. Sometimes we've done the Saturday of the week of mm -hmm. Halloween. Sometimes we've stayed away from October completely. Sometimes we've done, you know, different types of things at different times. And so there are always a lot of things that you have to think about. Do you have a specific time that you like to do a fall event or a certain type of fall event that you like the best? I mean, it's kind of, it's just kind of a different churches I've been at. They've kind of already had a, a rhythm established. And so, um, so like a trunk or treat that's always on the Sunday evening before Halloween or, um, you know, or like a, a fall bonfire that's always on like a certain weekend in October. Um, and so I've done different things as well. One of the things um, that I haven't been able to do to the extent that I would like, and one thing that mm -hmm. I that I really like and I think is a great idea is even churches who maybe each Sunday school class on the night of Halloween takes one individual's house and mm -hmm. like, that's going to be sort of like their base of operations. And so from there, they can have games at that home. They can hand out information about your church as they hand out candy from that particular Sunday school class member's home. And so kind of getting out into the community versus, mm -hmm. you know, having people come to your church campus. But again, mm -hmm. like we've talked about, that depends on your context. Like right. in some communities, people love going to neighborhoods. In some communities, they prefer to go all to one spot, like to a church trunk or treat. Mm -hmm. And so it really just varies based on your community and what people prefer. That is the really amazing thing about doing these fall events is that there are is a wide variety of options that you have as to what you do, how you do it, when you do it, you know, you have all of pretty much September and October or even the beginning of November. If you want to choose a time that's not around Halloween, 
or you may want to be giving your families another option for Halloween, or you may want to, you know, become part of your community during that time of year. So you sort of have all of these options for us. We, in, in the town that we're currently living in, there is a huge Halloween night um, block party that's downtown where a, a local candy manufacturing company <laughs> hands <Yeah>. out huge <laughs> bags of candy. And so it is a non-miss event for the kids in this yeah. community because yeah. you, you will not believe the amount of candy that they're going to walk away from. <laughs> in, in the uh. So for a church to do a Halloween evening event here is, is a little harder because a lot of families want to be involved in that downtown event. And so trying to do something on that same night would be very counterintuitive. So we, we right. wouldn't want to do that here, but now there have been other communities where our church family wanted alternatives to events that the city was having on that night. And so they wanted to have something else they could bring their kids to as an alternative, or they have chosen not to trick or treat. And so they would like to have that night of being able to be somewhere and to do something fun with the kids. So the kids don't you know, feel like that they're missing out on something and so then it is a really great thing to be able to have. So you really want to look at your community as a whole. You want to look at your church family and kind of what they're looking for, for the fall, what they're wanting. My favorite is when you can make it a huge event with a lot of components to it. So you can do maybe <laughs> a trunk or treat area and yeah. you can do the blow ups, you know, kind of area yes. and then to have the slides and yes. all of those kind of things and the bouncy yes. houses. And then to have maybe the bonfire when it gets dark yes. and, and have the s'mores and those kind of things. And to be able to make it just a huge <clears throat> fall event where mm -hmm. they get to do, because for me, I know a lot of my families loved having an, a second opportunity to wear costumes. Like they yes. were always like, yes. Oh yes. Because yes. then my kids are going to get two events out of a yes. costume. If we did yes. it, for example, on the Saturday mm -hmm. afternoon, evening before or after Halloween, it gave right. them that opportunity yes. you know, to be able to do that. So you really want to know your community and to know mm -hmm. what is going to work best for them and what's going to you know bring them in. But it's just such a wonderful opportunity for outreach, not just to the neighborhood that your church is located in, but your community as a whole, because it can become this big yearly event that your church puts on, yes. you know, that everybody's looking forward to and everybody wants to come to. Oh, I was just say, I've been a part of one of those events where, like I said, it was bigger than VBS, two, 3,000 people, you know, guests coming to our church campus. And so there's a lot organizationally, uh, safety and security. There's right. a lot, <laughs> a right. lot that goes into those events. Right. There really, really is. And that's one of the things that you need to kind of remember when you're planning. This can't be a just children's ministry. Yes. You being in charge of type yes. of events. This needs to be a community wide. And the staff needs to be on board. Yes. Because all of their ministries are going to be, you know, involved because the senior adults are going to want to have a car handing out candy or they want to be running the games or they're going to want to be, fixing, you know, making the cotton candy. So the senior yes. adults are going to be involved. And then, of course, you've got your couples and you've got your young uh, adults and your youth that love to, you know, to be a part of it and be planning part of it. So you want the entire staff involved. So it's really, really important that you look at all of the events that you want to have, that you look at all of the areas of this event 
whether it's the trunk or treat or the blow ups or the bonfire. And you make sure that you recruit people to be in charge of each individual area. So that way you're not actually trying to control everything at one right. time. You have people that are helping make sure these areas are running smoothly and you're just coordinating the event as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, putting, being aware of people's skill set and their personalities. And so I remember at Trunk or Treats, um, we always wanted someone with a very strong personality who um, was very good organizationally and, and to like get all the cars lined up in the specific way that they needed to be lined up because there was one spot and we had to fit all the cars in the one spot. And so, um, yeah, so, so delegating and recruiting those key leaders, really as you do with any ministry that you have, um, mm -hmm. to find the people that you need and get the right people in the right spots to help you execute the event for sure. Because I have also been that person that has tried to take care of everything. <laughs> and you are running around just, just crazy, just so hectic. You really are. Mm -hmm. And it's just exhausting and it's too much work for one person and you're burning yourself out if you do that. Mm -hmm. And even though you think, oh, I have to be in charge of this because I don't want, you know, to, to burden somebody else, or I don't want to ask somebody, people are very willing to be involved in these kind of events, yes. because like I said, yes. they love, you're going to have, yes. especially, like if you live in a rural area, you're going to have a farmer that would love to bring yes. his tractor and his trailer with some hay, hay, and ride. hay rides. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have people that really, that that's their, you know, they love mm -hmm. being part of community and they love being able mm -hmm. to do these kinds of things. And so I think it's just a lot of fun when you have the opportunity to bring in other people. Yes. It does take planning and it does take time to prepare and it is yes. coming off of a very busy season. I totally yes. understand that because you've just gotten through with BBS and you've just gotten through with camp. And, and so then you're jumping into promotion and then now you have this big fall event. But again, it really does end up becoming one of the bigger events of the year. And so it, it honestly, for me, has been worth that extra planning and that extra yes. push to get this event done in the fall whenever it's kind of worked out for me to be able to get it done because it does have such a huge impact on the community and it really does make a big really big difference. And so mm -hmm. you okay. really want to think through as people come onto your campus, do you want them to register? Do you want to have some sort of information? But let me tell you this too. If you don't plan on doing anything with it, don't waste their time taking their names and their addresses. If, if you do not plan on doing any kind of follow-up, then there is no reason for you to have them sign in and do all of that. But if you really would like to do follow-up, if you really would like to send them information and to keep them informed and to let them know about things, then having a welcome booth mm -hmm. where they do sign up to be able to right. do the trunk or treat or to be able to, to get tickets. If you're going to be doing tickets or whatever you're going to be doing, or if you're going to do a raffle mm -hmm. and give away a prize. That's a good incentive. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or a goodie bag. Like a lot of times mm -hmm. what we would do is a little goodie bag that had the church information on it, you know, mm -hmm. so, and then it had some candy in it and then maybe some raffle tickets and mm -hmm. that kind of thing inside of it. Mm -hmm. And, but they had to register to be able to get that goodie bag. We yes. never said if we had people that were coming through the trunk or treats and they hadn't signed up, we didn't say kick them off the property. 
Right, right. You know, if we, we wanted them to feel welcome. If they wanted to come on campus and they wanted to be a part, but they didn't want to fill anything out. And even if they did come to the booth and they said, you know, we're not comfortable giving you our address, I would just say that's, you know, that's fine here, you know, and I would still give them, you know, things. Right. But typically, I didn't have anybody that really ever refused to do right. that if they were coming up for a goodie bag. Now, I might have somebody go through the trunk or treat line and say, no, we don't really need the goodie bag. We're good. And, and, and I would just welcome them and say, we're glad to see them and move on. But, but it was, it's always nice to kind of think through, mm-hmm. you know, do you have a special gift that you want to give them? Do you have something mm-hmm. special for them to sign up for? And, you know, nine times out of 10, people are going to be really willing to do that. And then that, again, will give you some more outreach information to be able to continue a relationship with the people that are coming. But again, I always hated it when we were visiting someplace for me to take the time to fill out a visitor's card and then never hear anything from the church at all. You know, not to get the phone call, not to get a note, not to get, you know, somebody at my door on Monday or anything, but I just always felt like, why did you have me fill all that information out (laughs) if you weren't going to follow up? And so you want to make sure that you have an outreach plan, just like you do for Vacation Bible School, that if you are using this as an outreach event, that you have a plan for how you're going to do follow up after it's over. And it doesn't have to be super elaborate either. It can just be like an invitation. Like you use that to generate either emails or you know, hard copy things that you send in the mail, postcards to invite to like a special Christmas event or, you know, that's your list that you also send out in the spring to send information about VBS. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you, you, there's lots of ways you can use that list and it doesn't necessarily, like you said, mean going to every single person's house who comes to your event, but you can use that as a jumping off point to invite them to other events, to invite them to other special things that you're doing. Um, that sort of thing. So right. absolutely. Well, and that was and, and exactly what you said. I always made sure I had my flyer ready. One of my favorite events, and maybe we can talk about other yearly events on another episode, but one of my other favorite events that I would do each year was a Christmas family night. Yeah. And so it was always, it was, it was a little unique. It was a little different for us. And, and I love that. So I always made sure I had a flyer mm-hmm. ready to give right. out on the fall festival night to say, you know, because we did it pretty early in December because December, you know, it, it it's crazy pretty quick it, yeah. it, with a lot of events, and a lot of things. And so we always did that on yeah. a Saturday really early in December. And so I made sure I had that that flyer ready to go and it was in the goodie bag so that every family received mm-hmm. that little informational thing. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that we had that a lady did that I always loved at one of the churches where I serve, she would print and make candy wrappers with the church information on it. It would just have like the church name and then it would have the hours for our Sunday school, the hours for our worship service and then hours for Wednesday nights. And then she would get a really good full-size candy bars and you would wrap them with this special wrapper. And so that way it was sort of a way for the kids to, to be taking home church information Mm -hmm. without taking home a flyer or a pamphlet (laughs) or something little, you know, so they kind of had that opportunity to, get a little of church information yes. through the candy wrapper. So we're yes. um, finding those little unique things that you can do to sort of give the families more information about your church, to let them know more about the events that you have and the things that you're doing. Now, Virginia, you mentioned something really important when we were kind of discussing the topics for this particular, um, for this particular episode. And you talked about how important 
safety and security is for these large events. Can you talk a little bit about what you have found to be the most useful? Absolutely. Um, So typically, so this hasn't been necessarily the case for every church I've been at, but at churches that I've been at where the, the event has been larger. So we're talking, you know, not in the dozens of people, but the hundreds or the thousands Um, We've always had at least one sheriff on campus. Um, So we always, you know, bring in a couple sheriffs um, to have actual law enforcement officers. I mean, it's also nice. Like they, you know, would usually be happy to kind of like park their car around and let the kids look at it and touch it or whatever. Um, But they were really there for security. Um, And then we would have our own security volunteers out in full force in like the high vis yellow vests that said either volunteer or security on them. Um, our volunteers would, al- would always be marked as well with those vests or matching T-shirts, something to make it very apparent that we are the people who um, are responsible running the show. If you have questions, you can come talk to us. So we always try to keep ourselves very apparent who we were as well. Um, the, a lot of church campuses that I've been at, and maybe I can't say a lot, but recently <laughs> I've been at church campuses that have been Um, kind of sprawling with like lots of separate buildings and lots of separate spaces. And so we would always use caution tape and sort of tape off the area that that we want people to be in for this event. Um, And we would strategically station some of our our security volunteers. Uh, We definitely want to keep our campus secure in order to um, ensure that that there aren't accidents taking place, um, there aren't unwanted activities taking place on our campuses. Um, Things like lighting, Um, we would rent out those giant sort of industrial lights that you see on the side of the road when they're doing night construction um, to make sure our our parking lots and our areas remained well lit. Um, So there's lots of different aspects that we need to think through as far as safety and security. And it's really going to look different depending on the, the activities that you're doing, the physical layout of your church, um, you know, the, the volunteer base that you have and what you need and, and how you need to arrange all of that. Um, we were definitely very security volunteer heavy um, and very, very intentional with the different things that we put in place on our campus is really a good opportunity to use your security team for your church. If you don't have a security team for your church, if you have your deacons or your elders or, you know, your, your leadership that is sort of in charge of the building and the the function of the building and that kind of thing, it's always really helpful to ask them if they could be responsible for just walking around your event, just, you know, maintaining a presence it's a great opportunity for you to utilize those children's ministry t-shirts so that your leadership is all dressed similarly so that people can find you quickly if they need somebody to help because they know that you're with the church and that you're serving the church. And so those are, are really good opportunities to have those types of things available for your church members to be able to participate, you know, in the event. But having that security, we like to have sheriff's deputies or somebody come as well. We had, we, the, the last church where I served on staff, we actually had a sheriff's deputy that came every Sunday morning to campus Mm, and that just had a presence outside during Sunday morning, just on a regular basis. So our church family was very comfortable with seeing Mm -hmm. that, that yes, seeing that police car 
on an event night was not an abnormal thing. It didn't make them feel unsafe. It was, you know, something that right. they were very used to. Very and used so, to. so it was nice. And also our location was such where we really needed somebody directing traffic on those yes. heavier nights because yes. it was just, we were in an odd location <clears throat> on the street. So it was really nice to be able to have, mm-hmm. you know, the, the police there for that as well. And so yes. we always made sure we coordinated with our local law enforcement whenever we were going to have big events for those opportunities for them to be able to help out with traffic and with security. But you want to make sure that things are well lit, that you have things in, that yes. your campus is safe, that you have mm-hmm. things marked off that people do not need to be near and that you have all of your events and areas that are mm-hmm. safe that you want to watch. Um, like, for example, and this is something that you would not normally think about, but we had a field at a church one time that we used for a lot of events. And it was a great field, but it had fire ants that would come up randomly just in different locations. And so for vacation Bible school and things, we really had to walk around the field and kind of check it to make sure that there weren't areas where kids were going to, because if kids see an ant hill they're going to kick it (laughs) and then you're going to have a lot of children with injuries from ant bites. So it's those little kinds of things that you wouldn't necessarily just think about all the time, but you want to kind of process, Oh wait, if it's rainy, this area gets so very muddy. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure we're not thinking through this area or you're going to need power for the bounce houses. You know, do you have a location where you can bring, the, the power cords and, you know, do you have, or do you have generators? Um, we would always have church members that would have generators that would be great to bring them and help us set those mm-hmm. kinds of things up. So there are a lot of little pieces to it that have to be mm-hmm. organized, but it really is amazing the number of people in your church that are willing to do that kind of thing yes. for your children and for the community, because yes. they just enjoy having yes. a part that they can play yes. in this big event that meets their skill set. And so, um, because, you know, a lot of the deacons, like I said, who would normally come to the children's ministry for anything, (laughs) love to do security or loved to bring generators and love to set up things. And so it just gives that opportunity for your whole church family to come together. And so you just have to kind of be a little creative and think through things like, oh, and you know, how, how can we do this and how can we set this up? And what are some of the activities that you have done? in a fall event, like Uh, what, what are some of your favorite events and and things mm -hmm. that you've actually done in your churches Mm -hmm. in the past? You know, like bounce houses, trunk or treat, cakewalk. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would not have guessed this had you told me beforehand, but senior adult Sunday school classes running a cakewalk and people would just like line up just like 30, 40, 50 deep to do the cakewalk. Um, yeah. Hay rides, um, face painting. One year we did, um, some of our high school and college age kids in like costumes of Disney characters. And so like taking pictures with Anna and Elsa and like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so we've just done giving away hot dogs or we've had, we've done where we've had brought food trucks onto campus. So people would have to pay for that on their own if they wanted to, but that was always really exciting. Everyone loves food truck food. So (laughs) yeah. So just, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. There are so many different opportunities that you have mm-hmm. for activities at these events. Like yes. we were talking about, you can have that area where you can have the trunk or treat. You can have that area. I, I, our kids love the bounce houses and the slides. Yes. I don't quite understand what the draw is with them exactly. <laughs> 
a hundred other um, like sticky, dirty, sweaty kids have gone down this and they don't care. They're excited. They don't care. They're so excited. And I have uh, adults that are excited. And talking about safety and security, I had a grandmother break her foot on one of those slides because she came down too hard. But it's so funny that she was still thought that it was so much fun. She still, she talked about that for years, that she loved it so much. She didn't care that she broke her foot. It was really worth oh, it to gosh. Her. And so it's so funny. But um so we, we really do love having fall events. We enjoy them. We really do think that it's worth it. And so hopefully we've given you just a few things to think about as you think through maybe next year having your first big fall event at your church. And if you have more questions, if there's things that we miss, things that you think that we should cover, please mention it in the comments below. We would love to hear from you. We would love to find out more ways that we can be of service to you because that is our heart. We are here because we want to help you in your ministry because we have been there and we are there and we know what it's like <laughs> and we want to be of service and we want to be of help. And so what we would like to ask is for your help. Actually, we yes. have been so excited about this project and it has been a little bit bigger of a learning curve than we thought that it was going to be, or at least yeah. that I thought that it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. we're still learning how to edit and to put all of these things together and how to figure out how to <laughs> get on podcatchers and all of those kinds of things <laughs> But we have, uh, we have 60 subscribers that the last time that we checked yesterday on our YouTube channel, just to let you know, if you didn't know, it takes a hundred subscribers to be able to have your channel named so that it would be easier for people to be able to find us. So if you don't mind, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, if you don't mind hitting that subscribe button for us so that we can, we just would like to get to a hundred so that we can set it up a little bit yeah. easier for you to find us and for you be able to, for us to be able to do some other fun things. We would really like to be able to do that. And so um, you can also find us on Pinterest. Don't forget that you can find yeah. us there. And Ted we are going to be adding more things. We're going to be adding more things and doing more things as time goes on, as we get the hang of this. And as we learn a little <laughs> bit more, just forgive um, us as we are still figuring all of this out, but we really appreciate you joining yes. us for our conversation today. We really appreciate your support. We would love your comments. We would love to hear from you to see if we have been helpful and how else we can help you. If you have things that you would love for us to talk about, please let us know because we would um, really like to serve you where you feel the most need. And so that was, is what we would like to do. Well, Dr. Virginia, it's been good talking to you today and thank you all for listening with us and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.